You are listening to episode 74 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John. I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody. Here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and our neighbors should have stayed inside for this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. Folks, this week we're uh, playing Zombies Ate My Neighbors on the SNES. Of course, Ryan and I are both quarantined, so we had to play our own copies in our own locations. But it was a lot of fun, dude. Uh, I actually had a blast being able to, like, compare to, you know, what we were doing as we were talking. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a change of pace, but uh, a good one, at least, you know, considering. Exactly, considering. So we're practicing safe social distancing. You should as well. We're at home. And uh, you should also listen to our podcast on a variety of podcast episode players like uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and uh, the beloved Spotify. And uh, catch us on social media as well. Ryan, where can they catch us? Uh, anywhere you want at The Game Deflators, except for Twitter, because they can't handle the, so it's just Game Deflators there. Exactly. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, this week, pickups are pretty much nil. I mean, uh... You know, just before this whole thing, we went under a, a lockdown here in Arizona, and uh, I was supposed to get lined up to pick something up from somebody, but they're all the way out in Tempe, dude, from where I'm at, and uh, it just didn't make sense to drive out for what I was going to get, especially with the virus and everything else. So uh, that being said, though, any time this week, I am expecting to get American Dream to arrive in the mail for PSVR out of Europe, and I ended up getting a copy of Blasphemous. Uh, from Best Buy. So limited run games had, you know, obviously a pre-order a long time ago. I missed out on that and really wanted a physical copy of this game. And I had noted that Best Buy had, you know, they were going to get some copies. So the second that hit online, I just quickly was like, all right, I got to get that pre-ordered right now. And it was like a pre-order a week before release. So would you pick I it up on uh, Nintendo Switch? Oh, sweet. I'm definitely going to borrow that at some time. That game looks awesome. Yeah, dude, it looks pretty sweet. So uh, my brother actually played it on PC. He was like, you got to get it. Like, it's amazing. And of course, I was waiting for a physical copy to come out. So and uh, also you could check out his artwork. He made our logo, J. Rick's art on um, I think it's Instagram. J. Rick's. Yep. So uh, next thing, dude, you have no pickups, I assume. No pickups for me. Not even free games. Nothing. Nope, nope, nothing this week. I uh, I did go through, like I said last week, and I cleared out my queue for Final Fantasy coming for Gamefly. So hopefully I'm in there, you know, all queued up, ready to go, not getting any games for a whole month from them. Uh, it's on it's, Tuesday, it's, right? Uh, 4.30 is what it says. Oh, I thought, oh, well, damn, dude, the game comes out in two days. I mean, it says release date 4.30 on Gamefly. I don't know. But the weird thing is, it still says they haven't received my uh, Link's Awakening that I sent back. So I might have to go in and see what I can do about that. I was reading the other day that if you have any problems or anything gets lost in the mail, you just kind of send them a thing. I tried doing it on my phone yesterday and it wouldn't let me. So now that I got my computer out, I'll probably uh, do it maybe after the podcast. Yeah, that'd be a good idea, man. You don't want to get hammered on a game that you already sent back, you know? Exactly. And it's so, been like uh, at least a week. Yeah. Oh, um, speaking of, so I mean, that's not a delay necessarily. I think Gamefly is just, um, you know, obviously not going to get the game in time. And, you know, they have to fulfill tons of people wanting it. So 430 sounds about right for them to get a copy on hand. Mm -hmm. But, dude, Last of Us 2 delayed indefinitely. What the hell? 
Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I don't know. Like, all these games are going to get delayed, and that's, you know, fine. I just, like I said, uh, I think it was last week we were talking. I'm hoping that games getting delayed doesn't just mean extended crunch for people working from home during this time. Well, I saw another article that said, uh, and we're not referencing it in this one, but it was pretty much saying, should it become the norm now for developer developers to just work from home? You know, and I don't think so. Does. I think that the collaborative, you know, you you mentioned this too. Working from home for you, it takes a lot longer to be able to communicate with your team, and uh, you know that stretching out of communication as a resource is probably not going to be as beneficial as you know i mean during a time like this yeah work from home but i don't think people should become so afraid that they only work from home well i don't think it was necessarily related to that i think it was tied to like would it be better for developers just work from home like does it make sense because but you know to the point we made last week um you know that collaboration is key to have those developers in the same building is a major part of why it like all those creative juices flowing in the same area. It's so much easier than when you're just kind of locked in your house. Um, but dude, all that set aside, uh, Animal Crossing, where are you at? So uh, Animal Crossing is going okay. Unfortunately, I got, uh, I think his name's Pietro, as my first camper to come to my town and move in. And he is a freaky clown sheep. Dude, if social media has taught me anything so far, just kick him out of your house. Well, that's the thing is, uh, he just moved in yesterday, so I have to just ignore him until he leaves. Animal Crossing's so mean, dude. Yeah, I, I was reading a thing just this morning. It's like, well, you could hit him on the head with nets. That doesn't really work. You could send him mean letters with trash attached. That might work. But I <laughs> guess that there's no real system for just completely kicking people out. Yeah, that's so I saw a picture it had um you remember the Simpsons episode where Homer like has a bunch of things like holding his back fat together and he comes at the marge like he's all built and everything. So it has like Animal Crossing on his chest and behind it it's like bullying, kicking people out of homes, evictions. It's like all the nasty stuff that you do in Animal Crossing to these characters. Yeah. It's, it's uh... so bad. Yeah, I haven't really done much griefing of my uh, townies yet, but I'm sure it will come sooner or later. I still am pretty early in the game, especially compared to like other people you might see online, just because I'm not doing any time traveling and I'm just kind of building it up day by day. You know, it's hard to get good RNG sometimes. Like, I think the last three days, I haven't really even wanted anything for sale in my shop. So it's like I might buy one or two things just to to earn the nook miles or just so that, you know, I have it on the books. And if I want to, I can order it again later once my town's a little more built up. I see a lot of things that look cool and interesting, but not with the way my town is now. Like I've seen some stuff. We'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more in the first article we have. But, you know, there's plenty of people online that have really cool stuff and I see some things that's like, oh, I'll just save this for later. I'll just save this for later. And it feels like I'm doing a lot more of that than actually building up my my outside residence yet. 
So I actually, uh, I mean, I'll reference the article um, here for just a second. So there was a, a Twitter post that's actually on that article. And I laughed so hard where it's like, I just finished completing, you know, a museum and just logged in and somebody else on Twitter has Mesopotamia built up. Like, it's crazy. But, you know, to your point with the time traveling and stuff, people are able to obviously speed through the process a little quicker than others. Yeah. So besides Animal Crossing, I'm still playing a lot of Persona 4. And, you know, every time I turn on Persona 4, I like it even more. Uh, I think it's it's really... <coughs> you, you can oh. hit the mute ride. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think it's really uh, interesting that the... I haven't really done much dungeon diving yet. Like, I've still only been through the first two dungeons, but... Every day there's new uh, social links you can go and establish, and it really brings these characters a lot of richness. Uh, I've been bonding with uh, Dojima, who's your uncle in the game that you're staying with, and like sitting down and getting to talk to him and getting to know him a little bit's fun. And uh, Nanako-chan, who's your kind of... She's your cousin, but she's like your little sister figure. She's really fun, too. All the... The party members are cool. It's nice to go hang out with them. They kind of call you and they're like, hey, I need to get my mind off of studying. Like, let's go. And then you find yourselves comparing answers that were on the exam afterwards with them. And it really feels like the characters, unlike in a lot of RPGs, aren't as static. And it isn't just, you know, like big story moments. Like you really get to enjoy these just small slice of life moments and i think that i'm going to be a huge fan of persona moving forward and i can't wait to get further in this one and then jump into another one probably five well i mean you've also got you know persona one two three four five there's lots of personas out there yeah and i mean there's lots more in this shin megami tensei series too like the digital devil saga is supposed to be really good yeah, I want to get those. They're actually pretty cheap right now for PS2. So um, my uh, my friend Leaping Lizard Cosplay, uh, she has a couple copies, but with all this coronavirus stuff going on, it's like I'm trying to get a hold of those copies from her because she was selling them a while back and just hasn't happened yet. So, But I, I do want to get those as well and play them through. So uh, I guess I'll get into what I'm playing, dude. Anything else on Persona 4? Um, No, not really. It's kind of... It is weird because there's so much to do and I got an app that has all of the calendar on it so you can see what the choices that are available to you each day. I'm not really min-maxing like I didn't join two clubs just because I'm not super interested in what the sports club storylines are and also it'll give you a lot more to play through again eventually if you want to. You know, you can do a replay and choose different routes and different links. So I'm kind of just going at my own pace and looking and seeing what's available, but not really trying too hard. Like you can have a persona for each of the social links equipped on you and you'll enhance that social link more. So I've been trying to maybe do a little bit of that, but there it gets so deep because it's not just like, oh, you want to have a persona on you. Well, you might not have a persona of that social link type yet. So maybe you want to go in and fuse two together and then you can get one. Well, if you're going to fuse them together, you could do a two fusion or you can do a three fusion. 
And depending on what day you're fusing them, you can get various bonuses. So it's like just to make a small choice has a lot of stuff that you can read into on it. And I'm still pretty early in the game, so I'm still coming up against barriers where it's like I tried to yesterday was a rainy day. So on rainy days, you can go and try to eat the mega beef bowl special which will raise like all of your different stats. But in order to get through it and finish the meal, you have to have all of your stats at a certain level. So early on in the game, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that you try to do and it isn't, you're not ever going to be able to do it at that point, but it does kind of give you little glimpses and insights as to, Oh, well, you know, not now, but in the future, you will be able to eat all this beef. Jeez. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, that's that's pretty deep for a, a game overall. Like you said, all the you know slice of life type stuff going on too. So it definitely seems like something I would want to get into at some point in time, but also probably super time consuming. So that's I mean, why I picked it, up on the Vita from you because I was like, this will be I'll be able to get through this a lot better if I can just do a little bit here and a little bit there when I got time. Yeah, you said it was like what sixty or seventy hours of gameplay. I mean, probably, I don't know if that's going to be for me because I might not go, you know, into all of the stuff that's going to eat up a bunch of that time by not doing all of the social links and all of the different jobs. Like there's a bunch of different side jobs that you can get to make money. And it's like, I haven't really done much of that. Like there's one social link that I think you can only get if you work at the daycare. So it's like, I'm not really interested in working at the daycare. So I'm just going to probably forego that social link and, you know, shout me out on the the comments or let us know online if that's a terrible choice and I should go back and rectify it. Yeah, so um, I would say that with the social links, the, the way you're describing it, you know, that's just you know, probably not as necessary unless you really do want to go a certain route, like you're saying. So, you know, if you obviously, and actually quick question on that. So does that impact like things later on in the game, I guess? So if you so, don't go through that social link. Yeah, there's different characters that you can uh, have like a romantic relationship. Uh, mm -hmm. The completionist, he just put out a video a week or two ago because he's been playing Persona 5 and in order for him to feel like he's completed it, he feels like he needs to unlock all of the different, you know, romance options, social links. But yeah. in order to do that, you have to do like 11 playthroughs of the game. Oh so he's God. on playthrough number five and he's already like, I don't know if I can do this. The game's just not fun anymore. You know, like imagine playing a game that's like, you know, 50 to 60 hours, five times like back to back in a year and not even being halfway done. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. That's a lot of time. I mean, you're looking at, you know, 600 to 800 hours of gameplay. Yeah, I, I told him he could do whatever he wants to do on that one because he was looking for, you know, audience feedback. And it's like, you know, I feel bad that he's kind of locked himself into being the completionist. And yeah. I think that, you know... Maybe moving forward, he should use uh, a different category of video besides the completionist because he's he's already got the completionist and he's got the new game plus where he's recompleting the first 120 games because he had to take that content down. Yeah. And so it's like 
if you want to play through a game and not complete it, just make up its own category because I would hate for him to be the guy that used to be the completionist, you know? Yeah. The, the YouTuber formerly known as completionist. Yeah. So, you know, I would cut him some slack on something like that. Cause I mean, I think we all as gamers understand that that's a lot of gameplay. And while, yeah, he's called the completionist. He did technically complete the game five times. So yeah, there's yeah, romance it's just options, but stuff like that and online achievements, you know, things that aren't meant to be grinded through shortly stuff that's supposed to be like, oh, you've been playing Call of Duty for a year now. Oh, you've been playing Gears of War for two years now. You know, stuff that's like online achievements where you need to be, you know, the best of the best or do really specific things that aren't going to help you in other departments like you know you can run yeah. around and try to get all the grenade kills in the world and it's probably not going to help you you know improve your kda much or improve on other areas so i i feel for him he's been a huge inspiration i let him know that you know like this podcast at least for me was a lot inspired by people like him and other people i follow on youtube and i've been trying to give everybody on youtube a lot of love while we're under the crisis and i feel like you know they've been getting some some boosted numbers and some boosted views and i i hope that they keep this momentum going forward you know after you know everybody's let out of their homes again and they keep those new viewers and they keep their numbers up a little bit better i mean youtube's been a nightmare for content creators for the last couple of years so we'll we'll see what goes on yeah well um kudos to a man while they're sticking through it and uh you know completionist yeah, we uh, we totally understand. We'll cut you some slack here if you don't go through 11 playthroughs. So uh, what I'm doing right now, obviously, is Arkvalad 3 still. And so I'm about eight hours into this game and absolutely loving it right now. Uh, probably the best choice I could have made. So um, right now I've got three characters. We've got Ark, or not Ark, <laughs> geez, Alec, uh, Theo, and Lutz are the three characters you start out with. The overall equipment... Uh, you know, process of equipping different uh, types of armor, different weapons. All of it's super easy, super straightforward in the game so far. Do um, they change your visuals? What do you mean? Like, I love oh. games that where you put on armor and it, like, actually changes your character's look. No, uh, not that I've noticed, at least. Um, it does... No. No, I haven't noticed that. I'll, I'll keep an eye out, though, just to double-check. I it's, mean, a lot of RPGs know, don't do that. It's It's a cool feature that I always appreciate. Well, I mean, like Final Fantasy X changed like certain things like weapons for you uh, to an extent. Um, and then you had uh, like dress spheres in Final Fantasy X too. Like there's certain games that, yeah, they have done that. Um, Dark Souls and uh, that whole series is one. But with this being, you know, that 16-bit style game uh, or 32-bit. Uh, no, yeah, 32-bit style, I guess. Um, it's just not... It's... I, I don't see it happening um, right off the bat. Like that's something I think I would have noticed and I haven't. So I don't think they do. Um, I can tell you though, that the overall gameplay so far to hunter missions that you do are very much like Ark Delight 2 uh, from what I remember. Definitely enjoying that. All the characters are super likable. Lots of puns, by the way. Like I don't think I had mentioned this in the last recording, um, but the character Lutz, you go to help out this guy that's got mice in his house and he's basically having an issue where the mice are coming out at night and he's scared of them. And he's like, take care of it. So you're like, 
okay so you cover all the holes in this guy's house like mice can't chew apparently in this game you cover all the holes in a house and he comes down he's like oh i'm so thankful it's like a brand new house and let's just looks at him and goes yeah a crack house but still a house and i'm like what like it's crazy there's just like all these puns that are coming through relate to like drugs and sex and like all this stuff that you never would have you know now that i'm older i see these things a little more blatantly than like when i was a kid i probably wouldn't have noticed you know oh yeah it's a crack house like, yeah it's just... i mean sometimes they uh those translation teams get a lot of room to wiggle around and make you know interesting or fun different translations for localization wherever they're you know localizing yeah. it to and i feel like in the u.s we usually get a lot of puns yeah and there's a lot so far in this game i'm only eight hours in so uh, i think i'm on like hunter mission 11 or something or 12 and yeah there's a lot more to go in this game than what i've already done like they've only alluded to so far to baddies in the game it was like uh mentioned that there were some guys in white coats that had come by this lady's house uh, asking her to go with them and she declined and her monster her um her wolf basically as she has has been like on guard and like on edge ever since that happened so like they've just finally eight hours in alluded to the baddies in the game so i'm enjoying it so far i think it's a blast anybody out there that hasn't played the series as i said last week on the previous episode uh check it out like it's such a good game and really a good franchise i can't say much about the playstation 2 games i've heard mixed reviews on them but the first three so like three so far is great and the first two were amazing like i loved them so okay uh let's get into uh, more animal crossing dude so our first article we had was animal crossing social media explosion leaves fans frustrated and jealous and this is by patricia hernandez at polygon so i'll start out dude to be honest animal crossing is just really not my thing and um you know, despite the fact that I really do like world builder games like Dark Cloud was a huge game that I enjoyed a lot. And, you know, some people out there might say, well, it's not world builder. You do have that, you know, having to collect the different pieces of the towns and create the world and kind of morph it into your vision and then travel through it. Absolutely love that feature of it. And with Dark Cloud, too. And uh, I God, I hope there's a Dark Cloud 3 at some point. And then Harvest Moon is another series that I've always liked the idea of farming and building and being able to create things as well as um, that game I played not too long ago. I forget the title already, but it was on PS4 and uh, you pretty much you don't necessarily world build, but you are able to make your own farm in that game. Oh, Stardew Valley. No, 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 no. It's not Stardew Valley. It's um, it's on PS4. I forget the name. It. It's on a previous several weeks ago or really several months ago, um, probably about January. I think I played this on PS4 um, I'm, since we're recording remotely. I'm not going to go looking for it right now, but mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty cool. Like you get to build bridges, you collect stone, you can do fishing. Um, Sounds just like Animal up. Crossing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Except it isn't Animal Crossing because I don't have to kick villagers out of my damn place. And there's no like having to jump online and see Mesopotamia. So but that being said, dude, this whole quarantine thing and social media and the influence it's had, I kind of want to play it like that's that's where I'm at right now. And I do see a lot of like elitism going on in this game. And I just I kind of love that, dude. Like everybody's just like at each other's throats, like on social media and creating their like massive 
you know, buildings and towns and everything else. And, you know, just kind of putting into your vision. And there's a lot of creativity I'm seeing too, which is like super cool. So, um, you know, while it's not usually my jam, I kind of want to play it. See, I, I had a hard time with the first Animal Crossing just because it was on GameCube and it's like, I didn't want to just do that. Like if I could move my TV out of my room and put it in the other room and hook the GameCube up and also have the TV on, like that's why I think it being on the Switch or when it was on the DS was way better because it's like, it's not a game that captures my full attention for hours on end. And I mean, even now I really only play, you know, maybe two, three hours a day because there you kind of do run out of stuff to do if you're just going day by day and not time traveling. But that's kind of what the article gets into is that, you know, a lot of people are playing the game and you don't always get, like I said, you don't always get the best stuff. Like sometimes you'll have a couple days in a row where you're not really buying anything that you want to. Like it's, it's tough going online and seeing that you know like they're talking about jealousy and fomo in the article because you see the things other people have and you're just like oh my god like i'm miles behind like i don't have any of this stuff it looks like they're living in a city and i'm still living on a deserted island so you know it does allow people to play at their own pace some people really enjoy that slower pace because it's like for the first however many hours you're not even really playing Animal Crossing yet. You're still just kind of getting things set up to start playing Animal Crossing. So that's kind of the approach that I've been taking because I'm just, I'm more interested in the long haul of this game and being around for a long time. Because if you time travel, you're going to start running out of stuff to do unless you're like a real creative that wants to, you know, change it up drastically all the time. And you really have that, time investment that you want to throw out there to make all this extra money and do all this okay back out of the game adjust the game you know the switch clock and then go into whenever and some stuff i don't even think you'll be able to do because i think a lot of the holidays they're patching in with you know updates like there's already been three updates for the animal crossing new horizons and none of them i don't think are that dramatic like one of them was to make sure that balloons keep spawning after you've shot down 300 which i guess mm -hmm. you know some people already hit 300 <clears throat> and with all this egg day crap that's going on it kind of makes sense because they're every freaking where i'm so tired of fishing for eggs and digging up eggs and shooting down eggs like i've got enough eggs i'm done with the eggs i think i've gotten all the egg stuff and i'm not i'm, I'm over it and we still have like another week of it left but oh you know, my god i'll, I'll get yeah, through so, it <laughs> uh one of my friends on facebook um had mentioned something about cloning accounts to be able to get more money in the game do you mm. know about that have you heard I, about that i don't know about that i'm there's tons of ways to make money in animal crossing and I mean, you could really, if you want, just grind it out and just go to a bunch of islands and pick up everything that you can and then bring it back and sell it. There's the turnip market. You can make money in that by finding somebody who's got turnips selling in their town for a much higher price than you bought in yours. I just bought my first turnips today and they were 108 bells. So hopefully later this week, I'll be able to turn those in and get some good cash back. 
it's kind of like a stock market thing where it's like you invest in them Sunday morning and then you try to sell them at their highest peak, but they'll expire uh, the following Sunday and rot. So you have to get them out in a week. And a lot of that comes to, do you know people that have it for sale higher in another town? So it really encourages, you know, online play. And, you know, going to other towns and getting other fruits so that you can sell them for hire in your town. Of course, there's like burying money in the golden spots so you can grow a money tree. There's lots of tricks and stuff. And it mentions that in the article that, you know, veterans have this huge leg up on newcomers. But that's really with any game. I mean, nobody's going to jump into Halo Infinite never having played a Halo game and expect to be top of the leaderboards. Yeah, that's true. Well, it definitely does seem like it's something I would probably end up wanting to play here, even though it's not really been my thing over the years. I didn't really enjoy it on the uh, GameCube years ago and uh, on the Wii U as well. Just hasn't been something I liked. So we'll we'll see. Maybe I'll jump into it. Maybe I won't. Yeah, uh, and one more thing just to put out there, you know, as far as people feeling like they're missing out, I feel like there's a lot more to be gained from looking and seeing and <clears throat> getting ideas like I've been trying to set up some stuff around my town and I just go on Twitter or Instagram or whatever and look around to see what other people are doing to get inspired and also people are sharing all kinds of stuff I mean you can make your custom patterns in this game and release those online with a QR code or uh, a number code and you can look those up and download anything that anybody's made in their game into yours and you can use those designs for you know t-shirts and hats and dresses and stuff like that but you can also get real creative and make different patterns that you can lay down on the ground to create like you can make a pattern that's a stone pathway and then lay that down and then now you have pathways that you can make going throughout your village that aren't actual items they're just this design so things like that that people are making are really helping people to, you know, add detail and add beauty to their towns without having to invest, you know, tons of bells into buying duplicate items over and over again. And I mean, I don't even know where I'm at. I don't even know if there's like an official path laying item like you can lay down walls or fences like there might be, but I'm not sure. I'm just kind of waiting to see what comes up as I go. Gotcha. Yeah, well, uh, you know, one thing I, I kind of question here is, is Nintendo going to take off copy infringement materials that keep getting posted on there? Ah, so that's interesting. Know. See if they dreams themselves. Exactly, because, you know, I did see recently. So actually on, a, on Facebook, I tend to post, um, you know, a question in a lot of these Facebook groups that we're on uh, and post a link to our, uh, our podcast and such. And a lot of people do respond. And one of the ones I did recently was like, what are your thoughts on Nintendo removing dreams? And some people said, well, what are they going to do about animal crossing? Then are they going to respond to animal crossing? And some guy posted, it was like all 32 NHL teams, jackets or uh, jerseys on a wall in animal crossing. And then there was another one where like the person made like a rug or something out of a you know a character so it's like okay nintendo you went ahead and asked sony to rip everything off from your ip on there what are you going to do about other you know people's content on your you know on your game now 
Yeah, so, if you're going to police other people, are you going to police yourself? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's kind of contradictory, but you know what? I Nintendo Everybody wear Crash Bandicoot shirts. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Everybody make Crash Bandicoot shirts on uh, on Animal Crossing. Let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll start it here first. Okay, so uh, speaking of Crash Bandicoot, dude, uh, PlayStation 5 price reportedly revealed, and it's very cheap. So this is by Tyler Fisher at comicbook.com. That's a really surprising source. I did not expect comicbook.com to be one of our articles this week uh but i think it's uh, a i think it's a i think it's a load of crock i don't buy it you don't buy it all right that's that's the price of a new ps4 pro they're not going to sell the ps5 for the same price as a ps4 pro and also if you price it at the absolute minimum you have nowhere to go down like it has to be like i know that the playstation 3 didn't make any money for like its first three years or something because they priced it so aggressively. But like, I just, I don't see this being possible. Like there's no way it's going to be the same price as something that's already out. So the PlayStation three, I think when it came out was what? 600 bucks, right? I don't even remember. I'll look it up. It was, it was high. Yeah. You can look it up while, while I keep talking. Um, so yeah, the PlayStation three, I believe was $600 when it first came out and Sony took a loss on I yeah, think, it was. every single. Yeah. So they took a loss on a majority of those old, oh, really all the consoles for a period of time. So to your point, maybe two, three years, I can see them doing this again to ensure that they're the leader in the console market. Um, you know, this generation. And well, while... uh, that's all the articles that we've been doing for the last, you know, few months is saying that they already are the market leader and they don't have to cater like that i mean it would be really cool if they did like if it came out for four hundred dollars everyone would freaking buy one for sure yeah for sure and then with the ps4 backwards compatibility new ps5 games plus vr2 hitting the market at some point that would be a premier console to jump into and you know, and we've noted before that Sony is not going to just stay with just PS5. There will be a pro version PlayStation 5 at some point in time, which would likely be priced higher. So while, yeah, they might be putting it out there, say $400 and they're taking a loss. And I get the idea they don't need to pander and all that because they are the market leader. Microsoft has come out super strong in this most recent uh, console generation. They are you know, not holding back any punches. And I can see Sony saying, you know what, we've got to have this thing at a, at a price point where it's going to be in the market and we're going to be the leader. Well, if it's backwards compatible with PS4, and I know I already said this like three times and the PS4 pro is the same price. They'll never sell any of those PS4s ever again. Nobody would ever buy one. They would just sit there on the shelves yeah, but the PS4 Pro would likely see a price drop down to about 300 and you would see the standard PS2. Is it 300 right now or is it 200? The what? I mean, you the PS I mean the PS4, sorry. The regular PS4 is it currently 200 or 300? Uh, let me see. Yeah, so uh, regardless, um whatever price point it is right now. I mean it's been a long time since I bought a PS4. Yeah, so imagine this. PS5 is announced, hey, it's coming out holiday season. PS4 Pro, it's dropped down to 300 bucks. PS4 regular, 200 bucks. PS5, 400 bucks. Like, you know, that right there is a lot of options for people. That and is. while and it, while they might not sell 
the PlayStation 4 as heavily, that console's been out for a number of years already. They've already sold 100 million consoles. They don't care about selling more of those consoles. They need to sell the PS5 and get adoption up. So the best way to do that would be through that backwards compatibility. If I have an option right now, I've got PS4 games for my regular PS4. I've wanted to buy a PS4 Pro for a while. Well, hey, here comes the PS5. It's backwards compatible. And hey, it's the same price as PS4 Pro. I'm going to go with the PS5. I don't, Sony doesn't care about PS4 after this. They, they do in a sense, you know, in terms of updates and making sure that, you know, like they have in previous years, uh, the longevity of this console, you know, lasts for at least their 10 year minimum, typically in terms of support. But I can see the PS5 coming out at that 400 price point, if well, not 500. We'll see. I'm, I'm just hoping that, you know, sometime soon we get some actual information because all this speculation i keep saying week after week it's just come on say something say anything like everybody's driving me crazy speculating about all this oh i know dude i want more information here and they're just not giving it so hopefully here during the summer we'll see some more information coming out about it um okay so uh off from our sony fanboyism well really mine and on to nintendoism again so uh this one is the best super mario games of all time it's by gavin lane at nintendo life you know mario's 35th birthday dude it's gonna be uh in september we could probably expand on this down the road but i really think it'd be a good time for at least me i, I don't know about you uh to do like a top five currently and then around september we maybe can play like some more mario games and we yeah. can expand on that into like a top 10 type of thing in september i think it'd be a pretty cool follow-up episode yeah i've been you know we've talked about mario quite a bit on here and i love me some mario i just haven't played that much of it you know i didn't have a wii u and i only played galaxy on wii and i didn't even get very far in that because i couldn't get I don't know. It was making me nauseous or something. I, I I didn't like playing it. So I definitely need to get some more Mario under my belt before I really could talk too much on a top list, since for me, it's mostly just the older titles. Well, the benefit is, is that you're quarantined and you have Mario games at hand right now. So might not be a bad time to get started. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a great list going through. Um, you want to hit their top 10? before you do your top five uh well let's go into their top five because they have a top 21 on this list uh let me actually go to the last page here in the article and just let's make sure all right so their top five super mario galaxy 2 is their number five their number four is super mario maker 2 on the switch their number three super mario galaxy on the wii so this guy really likes galaxy uh, number two is Super Mario World, and number one is Super Mario Odyssey. So completely just disregarded, you know, Super Mario 3. I think that comes in at number six for him, and then Super Mario 64 is number seven. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting list of uh, a top 20, really. I mean, and, and his top five in general is not like I've seen for a lot of people. And you know what? Mine is probably going to be a little different as well. So... Uh, for me, at least, uh, my top five. So Super Mario 3D Land is going to come in. That's for the 3DS. That's coming in at my number five. So this game for me, and a lot of what I pick is based on nostalgia and gameplay. So this was the first 3DS game that I played. 
and I loved it, dude. I was substitute teaching at a time. And so whenever I had a break in the day, I would just pop open a 3DS and I was playing Super Mario 3D Land. And at the same time, my wife, uh, then girlfriend at the time, uh, she was actually playing uh, Super Mario 3D Land as well. So there were days where we had flip flop, like if I was uh, teaching, I would have it on me uh, for lunchtime and such. And then on like in the afternoons or at night, she would be playing it. So we were just like constantly comparing levels and where we were in the game. And it was just a lot of fun. And for me, that was um, the mechanics in that game were great. And it was very fluid. The overall level builds were great. And it, it really kind of opened my eyes into that 3D style Mario. I kind of got it with Galaxy when I played it on the Wii. But this was a whole different level that I enjoyed. Uh, my number four is Super Mario World, or not Super Mario World, Super Mario 3. And so if this isn't on your top five list, so looking at you, Gavin, uh, you're crazy. Like, I played this game years ago with my cousin, so there's a lot of nostalgia on this one. He showed me the whole, like, you know, dropping down onto the gray blocks to be able to get the flutes and such in this game. And it was just, it was a blast, dude. Like, I really enjoyed, like, that full gambit of, like, fun with my cousin and there's a lot of creativity in that game especially with like the world map and getting around and the different secrets that you can get to and how you can skip levels to go somewhere else trying to dodge the hammer bros like it really took you know a lot of different approaches to you know a general world map like we've seen world maps in plenty of games you know from like the Yoshi games and some of the newer Kirby games and a bunch of the different Mario games. But it's like, this is one of those world maps that actually has like some interactivity that gives it like, you know, almost two different levels of play. There's the in level of play. And then there's the thinking outside around. And it I mean, it's not that complex. There's not really that many choices you get to make, but it, you know, for such an early entry in the series, it added a lot. And here's the crazy thing, man. Like anybody that like wants to crap all over Mario three at any point, if you start looking at things like New Super Mario Bros. and you you know the 3D Land and 3D World and all these other types of games that have come out in recent years, they all have that same structure of world building that Mario three did. So I mean, this really was like a game changer for the Mario franchise. And say what you want about it. The game's amazing, and it was a ton of fun to play. I've played it several times, beat it all the way through. I've done the fast travel thing, too, just have fun with that. It's a blast. I I really did like it. It established Uh, the whole, you know, is it a play thing moving forward, which really got picked up again in the Paper Mario series. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Next one for me, Super Mario's Lost Levels, or Super Mario Lost Levels, sorry. So you either had Mario 2 in the U.S., or you had mario 2 lost levels so for me mario lost levels was the way to go uh it really did allow me to embrace like that speed running type of deal that i like to do and it kind of in a way changed the way that i play mario so when i first started playing mario it was all about the the slow pace you know just kind of meticulous making sure getting things now it's just blazing through levels dude like i just love that idea of speeding through a level, avoiding, you know, Koopas and Hammer Bros and Bullet Bills and everything else and getting to the end flag. Like, it's just a lot of fun. I've done it through the 3D games. I've done it through Odyssey. Uh, I did it in Sunshine for a variety of areas. So, yeah, it, it was really cool to play that game when I was younger. And then as I got older, I finally did beat it. Uh, 
it was just a blast. And so while I I like Mario 2, the one with, you know, basically Doki Doki Panic, I still think it's one of the worst in the series or worst in the franchise uh, from the perspective of it just it's just a little too different. And it's a straight up reskin. Like it's it's not really Mario, and so that's where I kind of see it as like the worst in the in the franchise. Well, and a um, lot of those mechanics have never really been revisited. You know, well, they have, they have like the turn up pulling and such. They've revisited things like being carried over your head and throwing it at enemies and stuff. And the shy okay. guys, shy guys are a, a big part of it. They were introduced in that game. Yeah, and then you. I, I guess they're. I guess maybe maybe I'm speaking out of turn. And then you got Birdo, who's in Mario Kart. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot that came through it. I mean, it's definitely an important part of Mario history. Um, number two, at least. But it's really not at the top of my list. More at the bottom. So, uh, next one for me, dude. I'm sure you played this one. Super Mario World. Uh, so, this one I actually do share in common with Gavin's list. Uh, if you don't have this on your top five, you're crazy. Like, seriously. Star Road, all the multiple Yoshis, Bowser's Extended Family, the world building, the secrets that you had in that game of the different the levels. The cape, yes, the cape. And uh, it was just an amazing game overall. And I, I absolutely loved it, dude. I played this game probably three, four times in the past. I've played with my wife. I've played it with friends, family, myself. Uh, it's It's a great game. It truly is. And I think it, it really took what Mario 3 was and it just like took it to a whole nother level. I mean, where and I'm I mean, at with all my Mario experience, it's my number one currently just because I've not really played a Mario game that I thought was better than that. But then again, I haven't played a lot of the new ones. So we're going to have to play some new ones here over the course of next year. And provided we can get out of our houses. So uh, next one, dude. And this is my number one, Super Mario Odyssey. I mean... It's on Gavin's list. It's on my list. I think it's on everybody's list. But at number one, that's kind of debatable. So a lot of people have Mario 3 on their top, you know, top of their list. Some people have Super Mario World. Odyssey would probably be that next one, right? It's amazing. It really is. Like, that is the reason I purchased the Switch, was to play this game. Uh, My wife and I played this one together. We hit 100% on it. It's got a great mix of all the older Mario games tied into it. Giant expanded universe all the crazy characters that you love and dude, come on the Metro world. Like it's crazy. Like it was so good. All of that game is amazing. I just, I love the mini games. I love the general gameplay, all the moves you have, the being able to get up on top of buildings, drive things. It was great. It it was a blast. It was like all those Mario games combined into like one perfect game. And so there's probably a lot of people are going to crap on me about that one, but I thought it was awesome. Yeah, so, so <clears throat> let us know what your top five Mario games are somewhere on the internet. Hit us up at uh, Instagram or uh, Facebook at the Game Deflators, Twitter at Game Deflators. Uh, leave a five-star review and comment us your list somewhere. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, so you can catch us on there. I think it's iTunes or Apple Podcasts now. I can never remember the branding. Uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play. Uh, really anywhere podcast addict anywhere you can find us you'll find us and if we're not on there let us know so the next piece of our episode is our uh you know inflation deflation challenger game in a week and this week we did zombies ate my neighbors this is uh, developed by LucasArts. it is a konami published game the designer is mike ebert and it was released in september of 1993 and it's a run and gun 
uh, critical reception from when it first came out was 8 out of 10. And uh, it's got quite a few different copies out there on uh, Sega and uh, and uh, Nintendo. So, dude, for you, uh, when we get into this game, we both played it kind of side by side, but away from each other, uh, you know, via We did not get a mic- chance to do the two-player no, well, obviously. I mean, I'm going to have to figure out a way to do two-player online. Uh, but I had a blast with it. I mean, this game was great. It's got a lot of levels. I think it was 48 levels overall. And I, I made it to level seven. I was so proud of myself. I'm like, oh, wow, I got pretty far on my first run through. Yeah, that was not far at all. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's still pretty good for your first run through. I mean, way better than I did. I couldn't get past four. And then on my second set of lives, I couldn't get past those chainsaw guys in level three so yeah i'd say that your uh your retro gaming skills once again shine through greater than mine dude they were not that great on this one so i got into level seven with i think it was like one no two lives left and i lost them both in that one it was just crazy in that particular level or no actually uh did i get to level eight and i died at level eight is what it was even better give yourself some credit john i'll I'll give myself some credit when I get through 20 levels. The cool thing, though, is there's obviously save codes so I can go through and, you know, get to the next part again. I don't think anybody's ever we'll have to look that up if anybody's like actually beat it all the way through. Oh, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. People do crazy stuff. People do Kaizo runs. That's true. People people do runs of Dark Souls on a Guitar Hero controller. So, you know, I wouldn't put it past somebody to beat all 48 levels in a row without getting hit or dying. Yeah. So. But yeah, I had a lot of fun, dude. It was it was a blast playing this game. So yeah, if you want to go into your are great, the music's incredible. The the different weapons that you get are all you know interesting, and I I didn't really, I I guess I don't really know like what makes a tomato better than a soda can right now with my experience. But I'm sure that all of the different items that you have all have specific uses or specific enemies they're better against. Like I like the freezing, the chainsaw guys with the fire extinguisher and you can't kill them. Like it has a lot of different diversity in the, you know, enemy styles and even the people you're rescuing, like all these uh, dumpy tourists and just a guy grilling and a teacher showing you, you got an F on your grade. Like it, it is got a lot of, life in it and it has a lot of that you know signature lucas arts charm yeah i agree with you man and uh dude totally echoing you the music in this game was amazing it really was and it was super fluid all the way through controls are great the running gun is pretty much spot on i can't speak for the sega genesis version since we did play the super nintendo version but I liked it, and I would say that I would probably put some more time into this if it was something that I was, you know, wanting to actively play right now. Uh, it, it was a blast. I, really I feel like this would have been an awesome game to have growing up. Like, this is a game I really would have sank some time into when I had the time to really sink into something like this. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, man. And, dude, one of the cool things about this game was just, like, how much fun it made of us as Americans. Like, just watching it, like, during all of this that's going on right now with this COVID-19 crisis, and, you know, there's people still going out, not practicing social distancing, there's, you know, people coughing around without masks and everything else and going out sick, and so I'm watching this game as I'm playing through, 
and there's like zombie apocalypse happening. There's a girl jumping on her trampoline. There's a couple guys grilling in the back. There's a family taking photos, a guy chilling out in his pool, a baby running loose in a household half the time. And everybody's like, oh, it's cool. You know, it's just zombies. It's not a big deal. Like, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to die. So like, that's like, seriously, all that's going on during this. And it just it kind of put into a different perspective. Like I had played this several years ago when I first picked up a physical copy of it. And, you know, it was like, okay, cool. This is this is cool. This is fun. I could see playing this. And then like that was it. I just never played it again. Playing it now during all it's going on, it's actually pretty hilarious when you look yeah. at it. Yeah, there's uh I mean, especially I mean, if anybody's paying attention to the news and stuff, I don't want to get into it much, but like down here in Arizona, it seems like people are just kind of hanging out outside while there's a crisis going on and being like, Oh, well, you know, whatever. So it is very uh typical American attitude especially you know nowadays yeah yeah i saw some people hanging out at the dog park the other day i'm like what are you all doing like come on and uh, a friend of mine said that his neighbor invited him out to a barbecue because oh. everybody was everybody was hanging out at home so he's like well i'm doing a barbecue I'm like really dude you're doing yeah. a barbecue like come on so yeah this game without like you said getting into everything it really does make fun of um, american philosophy on uh, pandemics and uh, issues occurring in the world and it was pretty funny so uh, overall objective uh, for anybody who doesn't know uh, you go through different levels you collect the different people that are out and about when they shouldn't be and you can pick up things like steaks and uh, forks and knives and plates and other types of weapons throughout there's a fire hydrant some holy symbol i, I didn't really get that um, but I think it had something to do with the werewolves um, that you can go against. Mm. And there was a weed eater by the time I got into that level. The one thing I didn't like is that when you started getting to a point where there was tons of weapons, you're like filtering through all these flipping weapons, man. It was crazy. Like just tons and tons of them. So yeah, um, back before I, the days of radial wheel selection. Oh my God, dude. It's like hit a like six times to get to my next thing. So it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm in a zombie level. I'm going to just start using plates to attack the zombies and kill them because I want to be able to get through my stuff faster. So I think the next time I do a playthrough of this, it's just going to be straight up use all my crap weapons while I can and keep ammo and the fire hydrant and, those, and the bazooka and the core weapons available and ready with full ammo so I can use them when I need them. Yeah. It's a little more, a little more strategy than just kind of what we went through today. So... All right, I don't know if you got the price point up on your end, so I'll go ahead and uh, just mention it. So the most expensive version of this is an SNES Complete in Box variant. Uh, that one uh, six or $746. The cheapest version of this game is a PAL Sega Mega Drive version, I'm guessing loose, at $1476. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so here in the U.S., we've got a Complete in Box 8771 that peaked back in October of 2016. This is for Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, Super Nintendo, sorry. And that's trending down. And then uh, Loose, you're looking at 2869, peaked at about 4243, December 2015. That's actually about when I started collecting. So that $40 price point is always like super stuck in my mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, that one appeared to be trending back up uh, for whatever reason. Um, you know, 28 bucks is so much lower than what it was when I started collecting. And when I finally got my first copy, I was so excited. I'm like, wow, I got this for like five bucks. And then I looked at it, I'm like, oh, well, it's gone down like, you know, nearly $15 since I actually last saw it. So, um, yeah, what's your what's your opinion here on the price point, dude? 
Man, that's an expensive game. 87 bucks seems like Ooh. a lot. I mean, that's complete though. Yeah, I know, but I mean, most, most people collect their Super Nintendo cards loose. loose. Yeah. yeah. 28 bucks. I mean, it's so hard to tell anymore. Like we've been through so many of these games now and you know, their price points are kind of all over the place. Like this game has a lot of cult following. It's like really big for, you know, collectors and stuff. So I could see why the price is so high. The the game itself seems super fun. Um uh, I think that 28 bucks is more than I would pay, but coming down from 40, it seems like it's more than fair. Yeah, you know, I would agree with you on that. The sheer amount of levels is what, 42 or 48 levels that you have in this game. We played for at least an hour or so, maybe well, about 30 minutes to an hour, and got through like up to level eight. Okay, so you're looking at six times more gameplay tied to this game. I mean, that's easily a full day, several days of gameplay. And I think there is some replayability here. You do have the high scores that you can get. Uh, Especially with multiplayer, any multiplayer game is something that, you know, you can pick up and play with somebody that has never had any exposure and it gives you another chance to get back into it. Yeah, exactly. So I think that all of that kind of factored in when you get to come back to my house, uh, we should definitely play this on the uh, SNES with two players. Um, I think at 28 bucks, you're right, man, it's fair. I, I think that we could probably say that this is you know, if you found it for 30 bucks, it wouldn't be a bad deal. I mean, you got brand new titles floating out there right now for, you know, 30, 40 dollars that you're buying. Why wouldn't you pay 30 bucks for this game? I think it's fair. Yeah, I, I think if, if you want it, especially for your collection, it's a good one to have in your collection. I feel like the 30 dollar price range is kind of like that. It feels good to own something like that, especially if you can get it, you know, at at least you know market or a little bit cheaper so you know 30 bucks is a little over market but yeah like if you're somebody who's a collector i don't think that that's going to stand in your way especially since you know it used to be 40 yeah i would say dude this is uh i'd say this is deflated to be honest like 30 bucks would be great in my opinion deflated 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 all right, so next week we have no idea what we're playing. I'll send you a little... Actually, I wonder if we have a copy of Doki Doki Panic that we can play. Mm. That that would be pretty cool. Let me look into that. Let me see if we can get some Doki Doki Panic. Uh, if not, we'll find something. We'll have the episode next week, and uh, we'll announce it before we record, and uh, we'll let everybody know. So yeah, and everybody else out there, if you're not enjoying Zombies Ate My Neighbors, uh, let us know if you're enjoying the new zombie game, RE3 Remake. Yeah, dude, I've heard some negative stuff on that about it being too short or something. I mean, I don't think it's a very long game on its own. And I know that uh, Jim Sterling put out a video, a couple videos on the game this week, but talking about specifically the Resident Evil uh, multiplayer game that came out with it. I think it's resident evil survivor something yeah yeah so i know that that's like a whole nother game kind of attached onto it which seems like it must give it some you know great value and i think that that's a game that you can replay for you know a couple different routes kind of like re2 remake so 
it should be it should be fun it looks great i can't wait to get my hands on it eventually but if you guys are out there enjoying it let us know yeah for sure save your neighbors <laughs> all right man well i think this is a, a pretty good recording our first remote recording so we'll we'll obviously do some more of this here pretty soon um for the next several weeks until uh we get the clear that you can come over uh that being said this is episode 74 of the game deflators podcast my name's john i'm ryan and thanks for listening.